0: Okay, so today we are going to study uh, chapter 10 of the book of Revelation. Last time we studied chapter 9, isn't it? Yeah. So in chapter 9, we saw the fifth angel blowing his trumpet. And also the sixth angel also blowing his trumpet right and we are told that after all these uh, things happened the judgments from these uh, trumpets or the trials that came on the earth through these trumpets the people refused to what to repent of their evil deeds isn't it right so This brings us to chapter 10 of the book of Revelation, which continues uh, from the trumpet of the sixth angel, but before the seventh trumpet is blown. So chapter 10 is part of the what of the sixth trumpet as well. So, uh, verse 1, the Bible says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. So, John here writes, uh, saying, I saw another mighty angel. So, uh, from the description of this angel, uh, most people believe that this was Christ, right? Because of the description that is here. It could be another mighty angel, but as you can see, uh, or as we will see as we go, this angel uh, is likely to be Christ himself, all right? So the Bible here says in verse 2, And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. So this little book that he had in his hand, the Bible says the little book was open. So this reminds me of that book in Revelation chapter 5, which was sealed in the hand of God. Right, and the Bible tells us that the lamp then took it from the hand of the father. So now we are seeing this angel with a literal book, and that book is open. (laughs) Interesting, isn't it? That book was closed, and it was sealed with seven seals. Now all the seals are opened, and now the book is now open, ready to reveal the mysteries that were. Uh, 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 sealed in that little book, right? Mm -hmm. So this angel set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth, right? Which uh, most likely represents absolute dominion over the earth and over the sea, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So verse three says, and he cried with a loud voice, As when a lion roars, you see, that's why I said it's most likely Christ, because he is the lion of what? Of Judah, isn't it? And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not so john was basically not allowed to review what he had the seven thunders what what the seven uh, thunders uttered isn't it so uh, we, we don't know what that was because it's not revealed but it's most likely in line with the contents of this little book that was now open all right. So, and the angel in verse 5, which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven and swore by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein are, and the earth and the things that are therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. So this angel swore by him that liveth forever and ever. In other words, words, he swore by God, isn't it? That there should be time no longer. In other words, there should be no more delay. Right? Right now, it seems as if the end has been delayed. It seems as if the things that were prophesied, right, in the word of God, they seem to delay. It's been 2,000 years and people are saying, when is Jesus coming? He said, I'm coming soon. But here the angel says, there should be time no longer. Verse 7, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound. So, when that seventh angel blows his trumpet, right? Then the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. So this angel is saying, at the time when that seventh angel blows his trumpet, the last trumpet, then the mystery of God should be finished. As he was declared to his servants, the prophets, meaning that the things that are being spoken of, there are things that were revealed to the prophets in the Bible. These things are in the Bible. So the things that were prophesied in the Bible, they should now be finished. So that word finished will tell you that the Bible is talking about end time events. Those end time events should be finished. All right. So, for example... When the seventh angel blows his trumpet, the events that will happen after that, we are going to see Satan being cast out now. We are going to see Jesus taking his power and reigning exclusive power on the earth without Satan in it, isn't it? So we are going to see the fulfillment of all the things that God prophesied. We are going to see the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth. We are going to see the judgment of sinners. We are going to see the saints being rewarded. So all those things that were prophesied, right? If you read, for example, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, it talks about the mystery of God. In which everything in heaven and on earth, right, is going to be reconciled in Christ. And then Christ begins to reign over all things in heaven and on earth. So all those things are going to be fulfilled when the last trumpet is blown, all right? So verse 8 says, And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again. And said, go and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel, which stands upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel. So you see, there's emphasis on the book being open. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Which uh, is most likely linking to that scroll. That was what, that was sealed before. So, and I went unto the angel, verse 9, and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Right? So, John was directed to go and take that little book. So, uh, this concept of taking the book and eating it up, it's basically uh, uh, receiving uh, uh, the knowledge of God or receiving the revelation of God, all right? So the message of God must be received before it is spoken. So John here is receiving the message, all right? So the Bible is saying, it shall be uh, in your mouth as sweet as honey. You know, the word of God, the Bible says the word is, As sweet as hand. So when you receive the word of God, it's as sweet as hand. Even when you speak it, it's as sweet as hand. But it will make your belly bitter. Why bitter? Because of the contents of the book. Because of the contents of the message. This is the same thing that happened with Ezekiel, the prophet. Right? He was given a little book and he was told to eat it. So when he ate it, it was like it was sweet in his mouth like an, but it made his belly bitter. Why? Because of the contents of the message. In the message there were lamentations, there were mournings, there, there was woe. Alright. There were warnings written in there. So this is exactly what happened to John because of the contents of the message. All right? So, verse 10 says, and I took, remember, uh, uh, there is one more that is to come through the word, the seventh trumpet. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Now we are going into that time when the Antichrist will reveal himself now. The time of the mark of the beast. So, (laughs) certainly, It's a time of great distress. That's why this little book made his belly to be bitter. Okay? It's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's time for that great tribulation. Okay? So, verse ten says, And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. So, this will tell you that in that little book, there was a message for the hour. Isn't it? There is a time that was coming, and this message that John was receiving was a message for the hour that message cannot be preached now because it won't apply but at that particular time it has to be spoken because it is what it is now time for it to be spoken that's why it was not revealed you see when the angels those uh, sorry those seven thunders uttered their voices Then the angel said, don't write, don't reveal, because it's not for your consumption. But at that time, then the contents of this little book will be revealed. Okay? So, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, rise and measure, the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. So this is basically a separation of the people of God. All right. In preparation for the time that was about to come, as we shall see. But the court, which is without the temple, live out and measure it not for it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city, shall they trade underfoot forty and two months. So you are going to see that the Antichrist is going to reign for forty-two months. In other words, the period called the Great Tribulation is going to be about forty-two months, which is three and a half years. And that is when the abomination of desolation happens. the desecration of God's temple will happen. So there's a separation of God's people, but then Jerusalem will be given over to the rule of the Antichrist. And many people are going to die during this period. He's going to do according to his will <laughs> and exalt himself. So God will allow that to happen. Even the holy people, God's people, and Most of them, they are going to be killed because the Antichrist will be given power over them. All right? He cannot have power over God's people on his own, but it is God who will give over the holy people to him, and he will destroy and destroy. All right? So verse 3 then says, And I will give power during this time, I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. So those two witnesses, the Bible is saying God will give them supernatural power, and they shall prophesy, you see. For a thousand two hundred and three score days, this is basically 42 months again, a period of three and a half years. So, during the time when the Antichrist is ruling on the earth, there will also be two witnesses which God is going to give supernatural power, and they will prophesy during that time. So, they will be against the Antichrist and the Antichrist is going to be very angry because of the ministry of these two prophets. Even the people of the earth will be so angry because of the ministry of these two prophets. Verse 4, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. So when the Bible is saying the two olive trees, it basically means the two anointed ones. Okay? So these two prophets are known as the two anointed ones, which stand before the God of the earth. Right? So maybe you might say, who are these two prophets? Well, it's not written. But there's a description here of their ministry, which might give you a clue of who they may be. Okay? Verse 5 says, And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devour their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophets, and they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. So, the description of their ministry here is like the ministry of Elijah the prophet and also Moses, because Elijah the prophet had the power to shut the heavens, right? He had the uh, power to uh, to speak fire, isn't it? Which destroyed these enemies. Moses had the power to turn water into blood and smite the earth with all kinds of plagues in Egypt. He did that. So those ministries are like the ministries of these two prophets, okay? So some think it might be Moses and Elijah. Some think it might be Elijah and Enoch. Why? Because only Enoch and Elijah were taken alive without dying. All right? So some believe that they will come again so that they what? They do that particular ministry. Remember the Bible says, and I will send to you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Okay? So some believe that this also speaks of the coming of Elijah the prophet in the end times. Okay? So, because these two did not die, Enoch and Elijah, some believe that these are the two that will come so that they minister and then they die. Because these two witnesses will be killed and then resurrect, you see. So, it could be them or they could be other Uh, 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 prophets that we do not know of so God really knows who these two witnesses are or or people will know them at the time when they are revealed isn't it okay so verse 7 says and when they shall have finished their testimony the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So this beast, which is revealed in Revelation chapter 13, will what? Will make war against these two prophets, and will overcome them and kill them after they finished their testimony. All right? You know, the Bible says, uh, At the word of two witnesses shall every word be, Established, right? So these two witnesses, this number two is a a number of testimony, all right? So that this uh, their testimony is established. So God will give them over to the beast after they finished (laughs) their testimony. You know, just like Jesus, all right? When they tried to kill Jesus, they couldn't kill him. Because his time was not yet. So after he finished his ministry, that's when they managed to take him and kill him to fulfill the scriptures, (laughs) right? The same happened with John the Baptist. He was killed after he finished. So these two witnesses again, they'll be killed after they finish their ministry, all right? To fulfill the scriptures. So Satan cannot have power over God's people, unless God gives him power over his own people. Mm. So this will actually uh, reveal uh, even Satan's word, uh, uh, evilness, so to say. Mm. And even reveal the fact that he cannot do anything to God's people unless God allows it. Mm. Right? So when they are killed, right, in in verse 7, verse 8 says, And their bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So you see, at this time, the Antichrist is busy, what, forcing people to worship him. And the Bible says, everyone who does not have the seal. Of God. and Who worship. The beast. Mm-hmm. So at that time. When he is causing. Everyone to worship him. <laughs> then these two prophets. Are standing against him and saying. You are not God. Mm-hmm. They are standing and opposing him. They are standing and what. Preaching and saying. Anyone who receives this mark. You are going to drink. Of the cup of the wrath of God. You end up in the lake of fire. Being tormented. Day in and day out. And then the beast will be wroth. And say. These must be killed. Very interesting isn't it? So this is God's mercy. During all this time. God is extending his mercy. Remember in the last chapter. And it. The Bible says you must prophesy again to nations, peoples, and tongues. Why? God is still extending his mercy to people, even during that time. So, when they are are killed, their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So, the, the key here is where also our Lord was crucified. Which means these two prophets will be killed in Jerusalem. Because that is where Jesus was crucified. So here, when the Bible is saying spiritually is called Sodom, spiritually Sodom represents sin. All right? And Egypt represents what? Like oppression, for example. So at this time as well, that city will be full of sin and oppression as well. You know, it's, it's so interesting that uh, during the times of Jesus, Jerusalem was being trodden by Gentiles, right? It was under the power of Rome. And most times, Rome is the one which is called Babylon, spiritual. The great city. So here Jerusalem is most likely being identified with what? With the Babylon. All right? Because of the sin and everything else that is happening in there. So verse 9. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations. All the people in the world. It's so easy. God, for all nations and people to see. They are dead bodies during this time because of technology. If anything happens in any part of the world, we'll see it live, <laughs> isn't it? Mm-hmm. So the Bible is saying, all people shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. So some people, they think that uh, these two witnesses, they represent the church and Israel, right? But, uh, you know, when we read these uh, uh, passages carefully, you will see that it most likely speaks of actual people. Because here the Bible is saying they shall see their dead bodies for three days and a half, specific days, three and a half days. So it can't be all the people of the church and all the people of Israel, you see, who are killed here. And also those uh, uh, miracles that are spoken of, right? There is need for some order there. In other words, these are coordinated miracles, right? So they have to be people who do that. And two people I'm sure they are able to coordinate these miracles. Mm -hmm. Not multitudes of people. Someone here trying to to, to stop stop the rain, someone else trying to stop the rain, someone, you know, these have to be prophets, two prophets that are sent to do this. All right? So, uh, verse 10 says, and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. So you see how evil the world will be during this time. All the world rejoicing because of the death of these two prophets. And they are saying because they tormented <laughs> they tormented us. Just like Ahab who was saying to Elijah I'm going to kill you. Because you are the the, the 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 one who is troubling Israel. You are the problem. You see, the one who is evil is telling the one who is good that you are evil. Eh? The king and his wife who are evil, they are saying, you prophet of God, you are evil. You are the one who is troubling Israel. So the people of the earth will be saying, you two prophets, you are the ones who are causing problems here on earth. When they are actually testifying the word of God. The testimony of God to them. My God. So verse 11. They think they have won. You see how these things work. (laughs) When Satan and his agents kill a person. Who is of God or a prophet of God. They think they have won. But the real uh, 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 victory is after the death. Just like when they killed Jesus, they thought they would won, but the resurrection was with power. Mm-hmm. So verse 11 says, and after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. So after three and a half days, they were refusing, saying, don't put them in graves. Leave them there. And the beast was like, you know, I am the man. I am the man. Look, Mm -hmm. I've killed them. Mm -hmm. They thought they were powerful. Because remember, the beast would be saying, I am God. Mm -hmm. Worship me. But these two prophets are saying, you are not God. Mm -hmm. Jehovah is God. Look at that. So when the beast kills them, you'll be saying to his followers, look, I told you I'm God. <laughs> I've, I've defeated this prophet. You know, defeating the prophets, we will carry this idea that their God has also been defeated. Because when Elijah, Andrika, was against the prophets of Baal, what was being tested there was not Elijah. Or the prophets of Baal. What was being tested was the God of Elijah and Baal himself. Who is more powerful between Baal and Jehovah? That was the issue. So when these two prophets of Jehovah are killed, the people will say, So <laughs> the Antichrist is the more powerful God. <laughs> but after three days, right, then God resurrects them. And they stood up on their feet and then great fear fell upon them which saw them. So if they were uh, uh, live streaming them, broadcasting them over satellites, eh? for three and a half days, people seeing them live, there they are dead, there they are dead. uh, Rejoicing, sending gifts to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Then suddenly, live, they see them rising from the dead, standing up on their feet. Wow. Then the Bible says, great fear fell upon them which saw them. Verse 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. So this is a voice from heaven. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. Seeing them rise on their feet. Now they hear a voice saying, Come up here. And then they ascended in a cloud. And the, their enemies were watching them going up. You know, when Jesus ascended to heaven, only his disciples were there. Mm-hmm. The Bible says he ascended and was received by a cloud and he went to heaven. So these two witnesses were what will be taken almost the same way they were sent up to heaven in a cloud as their enemies looked on mm. wow interesting isn't it mm-hmm. verse 13 and the same hour was there a great earthquake and the tenth part of the city fell and in the earthquake were slain of men 7000 And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. So when they ascended, an earthquake then happened. right. So this is something that is going to happen. 7,000 people died in the earthquake. And the people that remained, they were what? Affrighted. Frightened at these events. And they gave glory to the God of heaven. So you see. Glory came to God through the death and resurrection of these witnesses. Mm-hmm. So this could actually be more powerful, isn't it, than their testimony. Mm-hmm. Because they, they preached the word, they prophesied. And there was great resistance until they died. And many people thought they were defeated, but then they arose. Wow. Wow. So that gave, uh, uh, you know, a serious testimony to what they had been testifying before. That's why the Bible is now saying the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Because of that single event of resurrection and being taken to heaven. Verse 14, and the second war is past, And behold, the third war cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign ever and ever. So when the seventh angel now sounded, that's when there was this word, proclamation. There was this announcement now, saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. And he's Christ you see you know the Bible uh, talks about Satan being the God of this world it's because he's still here, you see, but there is a time when Satan is going to be taken out he's going to be cast out so that the kingdoms of this world they become uh, they are they exclusively become Christ's and his anointed, so when the seventh angel. Blows his trumpet. That's when this word word will be fulfilled. The casting out of Satan. And Jesus taking his power. And he begins to reign on the earth. Because he will now come. Right? And he casts out Satan. The beast, the false prophet. And he begins to reign for a thousand years on the earth. Right? So that's when this announcement is what uh, is made, when the seventh angel blows his trumpet. Remember that angel said, uh, there shall be time no longer, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, the mystery of God should be finished. So after this, uh, 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 verse 15, after this seventh angel sounds, Then in the following verses as we go, we are now going to see the mystery of God being finished. The mystery of God being what? Being fulfilled. So verse 16, and the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come. Because we have taken to thee thy great power, and you have reigned. And the nations were angry. The nations will be very angry during this time. Peace blaspheming God, we had power over these plagues. So instead of repenting, they will be angry at God. And speak all sorts of things. That's why they rejoiced greatly when those two witnesses were killed. So now these 24 elders are saying, and the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. Because after the trumpets, we are now going uh, into a time of the seven vials, right? Or bowels of God's wrath. So the wrath of God is now come. And the time of the dead that they should be judged. So we are now going into a time of the judging of the dead a time of judgment, right? Because remember the Bible is saying, after the seventh trumpet, then the mystery of God should be finished as he spoke to his servants, the prophets. So the last judgment is now coming after that, isn't it? And that you should give reward unto thy servants, the prophets. So the rewards of God have not yet been given. They are going to be given after that. And to the saints, all right? So uh, uh, that's why I think uh, those 24 elders, you know, they don't really represent, you know, in Revelation chapter 4, they don't really represent that the church has been raptured at that time, simply because they had crowns on their heads. The Bible here is saying, after this seventh trumpet, then a time will come uh, for God to give reward unto his servants, the prophets, and to the saints. You see, it's after that. And them that fear, thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. So it's time for judgment, and it's time to destroy them which destroy the earth. All right? Verse 19, And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. So God is now fulfilling his word as he spoke to his servants, the prophets. Whatever he promised, it will be fulfilled. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. What he has spoken, it shall be done. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So this brings us to the end end of our study today. We are going to end on chapter 11. And next time we meet, we are going to talk about chapter 12, isn't it? So we thank God for that which we've managed to share today. Um, I'm sure we have learned a lot, isn't it? About this time of uh, great sorrow, great distress, a great time of testing that is going to come uh, to test those who dwell on the earth. But uh, according to God's promise, those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they are not appointed to wrath, but to salvation. So, if you are a saint. A child of God. No need to fear. All right. These judgments are coming. To test those. Whose allegiance. Is not. On God. But whose allegiance. Is to the world. And the evil machinations. That are in the world. Whose allegiance. Is to the devil. And all manner of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. So just want to thank God for this word. Uh, this time, let us just go before the Lord, all right? And just pray and thank the Lord for what he has managed to uh, feed us with today and also thanking him for that which is going to reveal unto us as we shall go. Let this word bless you, isn't it? Because as we go, you are going to see your deliverance. The book of Revelation speaks about the victory of the saints over those who persecuted them. The victory of the saints over the devil and his cohorts. So we should rejoice as the saints because we see our salvation and our victory in this book. In Jesus' mighty name, let us just pray as we Thank God for his grace upon our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you, Lord, for today. We just want to thank you, Father, for this word, oh Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your revelation. Thank you for teaching us, oh Father, by the Spirit, and thank you for revealing these things that are uh written, oh Father God, in your word. For the time is near. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray, oh Father that may this word, O Father, bring uh, joy unto the saints, because in this book, O Father, we see uh, the victory of the saints over the devil. We see the victory of the saints over those who would persecute them and destroy them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Father, and we pray that as we continue to study this book, May you continue to reveal, O oh Father God, this word unto us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And give us grace, O oh Father, to share this message, O oh God, with people out there so that they may be saved. For behold, O oh Father God, this message of salvation is free. It's free, it's free, it's free. O lerabo sandariaba It is free, it is free. Salvation is free. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Father, for the salvation that you are bringing to everyone, oh, Father, who is listening to this message. Thank you, Father, for strengthening them. And thank you, Father, for bringing them to another level. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise your name now and forevermore. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.